just for anyone listening, me and Gordon don't actually rehearse our podcasts. We um, like to enter this with a fresh mind. So we actually have the time, don't know what we're talking about. Sorry, that doesn't sound right. We don't <laughs> yeah, know what you're we're right. We don't know. <laughs> I have no we idea. <laughs> Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your hosts, Ferris and Gordon. It is June 28th, 2021. The price of Bitcoin is 34,775 US dollars. That will buy you 2,881 Satoshis per one US dollar. The block height is 689,014. And Gordon, how are you doing this evening? Morning, afternoon, wherever you are. Afternoon. Without giving it away. Yes. Afternoon. Afternoon's okay. That's that's fairly generic. <laughs> um, I'm good, Faris. And I've I've actually got a, a question that I've been asked uh, in the last couple of months, actually by several people, is what are the different types of Bitcoins? And we've covered this before on a previous podcast, and we looked at different copies or forks of Bitcoin, so Bitcoin Cash and the others. Um, as far yeah, as I'm concerned, there's... There's yeah. only two types of Bitcoins. Bitcoins I want, Bitcoins I don't have. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think the person, and they're also referring to gold. So if several people have, have um, you know, looked at the different forms or perhaps the different states. And I was trying to think of it like, you know, what are the different types of gold? And there's really only one different type of gold. There's gold, but I guess there are different forms of gold you know you could have gold in god or gold coin or jewelry or some of that and obviously with bitcoin being digital you can't have that so i actually took this and this is how i explained it Ferris, and perhaps you can help me with this explanation i kind of looked at perhaps in the future or now you're going to have different prices of bitcoin and especially with different custody solutions you may actually depending on government regulations have um actual you know real bitcoin versus paper bitcoin so I've kind of broken it up into four and I've got KYC Bitcoin, non-KYC Bitcoin, tainted Bitcoin and virgin Bitcoin. Do you have a significant Bitcoin investment but still leave it on an exchange or in a single wallet? Bitcoinbasics.help. We can design and implement your very own self-custody Bitcoin solution, including private key management, multi-signature setup, counterparty risk mitigation, estate planning and infosec, cybersecurity and OPSEC, privacy, best practices. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. So I'll actually ask you first, what is KYC Bitcoin? So KYC Bitcoin will be Bitcoin that someone has purchased using an exchange where they've had to basically register their identity, their legal identity. Um, used to be in the days you could just buy Bitcoin off an exchange or an app. Um, from a credit card without providing any personal details. Now you actually have to go through um, and you know put your driver's license, passport by your head, uh, provide full details, residence. It's like opening a bank account now. Uh, so that's KYC, meaning um, you are an entity, a legal entity purchasing Bitcoins. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the company or let's say the exchange that you bought Bitcoin from, even if you withdraw that Bitcoin to your hardware wallet, that Bitcoin is still linked to your real world identity at an exchange. And all it would take is a 
three-letter agency to do a subpoena for the exchange and say, hey, who has this particular Bitcoin? What wallet did this come from? So that's the first one, and that's the most obvious one, and that's probably what most people have. But what about non-KYC Bitcoin? Like how could someone acquire Bitcoin without actually having to buy it on an exchange? So with that, there's different ways. One is you could be gifted some Bitcoin. Someone purchases them to you. Um, I suppose you could actually mine some Bitcoin. Um, you could set up a computer that um, has a VPN on it. Um, you know, you haven't connected, you haven't logged into an iCloud account or anything like that on the computer. It's not connected to you in any way. And you can mine some Bitcoin. Um, you can receive Bitcoin as payment for services rendered. Um, so there are ways where you can receive Bitcoin into a wallet. Um, you can buy Bitcoin through some um, uh, marketplaces such as BISC or HODL HODL, where yeah, they are, you don't have to um, go through the KYC um, uh, rigmarole. Um, those are some that I can think of where essentially you can just receive Bitcoin and it's linked to the wallet, but your personal identity is not involved in that. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on. Receiving Bitcoin from a friend. And uh, I actually receive some Bitcoin from a small contracting job that I do. And it's perfect. It's perfect for me because I'm getting KYC free Bitcoin. And also I'm not having to go to an exchange and buy Bitcoin and withdraw it to my wallet, or whatever. I'm just getting it straight from someone else. But um, obviously they can then see my wallet and they can watch my wallet to see what I've done with it and where I've sent it or whatever. But um yeah, getting earning Bitcoin is actually probably the, one of the best ways to actually get Bitcoin. So the third one that I came up with was tainted Bitcoin. And this is becoming, it's not a problem yet, although some exchanges are considering it, is when people try and obfuscate or try and hide, or you can call it money laundering, whatever, I just call it privacy. Um, and so what they do is that, for example, they buy that Bitcoin on a Coinbase or an exchange. And instead of just withdrawing it straight to their hardware wallet, they run it what's called through a, a coin join or a coin mixer. So what that does is just jumbles up all the transactions and you join a pool, your 0.1 Bitcoin joins a pool with, you know, a hundred other, 200 other people. And it jumbles up the amounts, the times, the dates, everything. And then eventually you could withdraw that to your hardware wallet or half of it, or use that coin join wallet. And so basically what that does is sort of removes the KYC and it removes all the transactional history of your Bitcoin. It doesn't wipe it clean because there's no way to do it, but it basically sort of hides it and kind of like hiding the crowd sort of thing. So that's, uh, that's the third version of Bitcoin. And that's actually something in exchanges, some of the lesser known exchanges have actually stopped accepting. They've actually stopped accepting people who have joined, coin joined the Bitcoin through these mixes and deposit on the exchange. And conversely, because the exchange actually knows your address, even after you have withdrawn your Bitcoin from the exchange, use a coin join, they're actually saying, well, no, actually, we don't like that you're using these coin joins. You've got one strike and you know three strikes and you're out sort of thing. So how do the exchanges uh, know that you've done that? Well, they just look at the wallet. So for example, you've got uh, Bitcoin on Binance, you mm -hmm. withdraw it to say a coin join. It's, it's obvious that that transaction has gone into a coin join. You can actually see the, what is called the inputs and the outputs. You can see the uh, okay. history. All right. So that is actually recorded on the blockchain that 
Yeah. It's not, and it's and it's very it's not obvious, like a you know, lightning network where it's no, because the lightning network is off chain. So coin yeah. are on chain, and it's very it's obvious. Okay. So let, yeah. let's say you have zero point one Bitcoin. You say on the blockchain, you see zero point one Bitcoin from Binance, and that zero one Bitcoin goes into ten thousand small transactions of different types and sizes. It's it's completely obvious that mm-hmm. it's a coin joint. And so, sorry, just on that. So when you actually said tainted and just for anyone listening, me and Gordon don't actually rehearse our podcasts. We um, like to enter this with a fresh mind. So we actually half the time don't know what we're talking about. Sorry, that doesn't sound right. We don't know. You're right. We don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) We don't know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) We have topics and yeah, we don't rehearse or go through. So when you actually said tainted Bitcoins, uh, my first thought went to Bitcoins that would have been involved in some kind of crime syndicate and were confiscated by government. That's what I thought you meant tainted Bitcoins. I thought people might not want to purchase Bitcoins that had... um, that were used in some kind of some kind of syndicated crime, and confiscated by uh, a federal agency, and then sold at auction by a federal agency. Yeah, it could be, um, and and they've done it in the past. They've actually blacklisted some Bitcoin addresses in Iran, and so there were sanctions on that country. So that actually, but but I mean, you know, if you're a Bitcoiner, you kind of know to use different addresses or whatever, so it doesn't solve the problem. But you're right, there are blacklisted Bitcoin. So exchanges can't actually withdraw to certain Bitcoin addresses. But, um, you know, I mean, people obviously know way around that. But no, exchanges have used this vocabulary, tainted, for coin joins and coin mixing as well, because they think that, hey, uh, you don't deserve privacy. You must be doing something illegal if you're using a coin join or a coin mixer. All right. What was the other category that you had, Gordon? If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. Yeah, so the last one is virgin coins. So we're talking about mined coins, fresh from the mint, straight off the blockchain, no transaction history. And the theory, and there's a lot of FUD that's been going around about how there's going to be different premiums and different prices for different Bitcoins. So you've got tainted Bitcoin and you've got virgin Bitcoin that has no transaction history whatsoever. And there was actually rumors, and this could be true, I'm not sure, it's a rumor, that there is actually a marketplace for people to buy Bitcoin directly from the miners. So the miners mine a Bitcoin, and as soon as they mine a Bitcoin, there's no transaction history. Um, People will actually pay a 20%, 25% premium for that Bitcoin. I think so. Would the reason behind that being because there's no transactional history, there's no KYC involved? Like, I'm asking, why would someone do that? And I think, are we looking at down the line when you are looking at retiring and living off your bitcoins that because there was no proof of purchase, hence there's no um, tax event involved? Yeah, I think, I think that's probably the main point. And, and we're not talking today. There's a lot of fart about how some Bitcoins, like have gone through coin joins or whatever, are useless and, you know, exchanges won't accept them, whatever. That's not true. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening in the future for us, you know, maybe five, 10 years that um, you may actually start to see premiums for this kind of stuff. Like 
uh, newly mined Bitcoin um, straight into your hardware wallet. Once you're um, ready to sell it in 10, 20 years time, um, there's no transaction history whatsoever. And he just said, you know, um, there's, how can you prove, you know, where, when, how sort of you bought it? Uh, that may be a premium. Um, and uh, also conversely, coins that have bad transaction history, coin joins or whatever, may actually have, you know, um, not be worth as much. Um, I think probably, and this is a question for you, Ferris, and I can actually see this happening in the future. I think we're well past the uh, point of people banning Bitcoin, like the US government or something banning Bitcoin. But what they may do is heavily regulate it. So you may have Bitcoins that are on chain and they're in people's custody, like a hardware wallet. And you may have other Bitcoins that are in on exchanges like Coinbase and Binance or other US exchanges that the US government actually doesn't allow you to withdraw. So uh, they're technically on chain, but when you're sending bit, you know, from one Coinbase account to another Coinbase account, it's not on chain. It's actually within their system. Mm. It just goes into this big black hole. So what do you think? Do you think there's going to be different kinds of Bitcoin traded differently? I do, I do see a market for um, virgin coins, like you say, ones where you basically can purchase Bitcoins and that transaction um, is not recorded anywhere. I would see a premium for that. I, I'd be surprised if that started already. Um, but down the line, absolutely, I do see a premium for Bitcoins where you purchase them and that transaction is not tied directly to you. Um, because let's face it, um, what people love to do is not pay their taxes. And this is something that we are starting to see. Governments have gone from, yeah, we can't ban Bitcoin. We can't prevent it. I mean, we have some governments actually just come out and basically say we are adopting it as legal currency. Um, Japan actually did this years ago. They said um, Bitcoin is legal um, currency in the country. And it didn't make very big news at the time, which was surprising. But now um, a couple South American countries have decided to do that. Um, and this is what's going to happen. You know, I mean, we saw the same thing with marijuana in the United States. You know, you had Ronald Reagan's election was hold the war on drugs and marijuana is a gateway drug to now. Oh, let's legalize it and make, make it a billion dollar industry. So governments eventually do come around and basically say, all right, this thing's out there. Let's actually, how can we make taxes off of it? Um, so I believe there will be a premium for people who want to purchase Bitcoin and it is not a tax event. They can get away with it. Yeah, I can I can say that probably happening already. I mean, who wouldn't want to have virgin Bitcoin sitting in their hardware wallet? But I can also see a time where perhaps governments heavily regulate it in that, you know, similar to PayPal, you can buy Bitcoin on PayPal, but you can't actually withdraw Bitcoin. So I can see a time where perhaps you can buy Bitcoin, you can send your fiat to an exchange, you can buy Bitcoin, you can trade it with other coins or whatever, but you can't actually withdraw your Bitcoin from the exchange. So uh, even more reason, Faris, to get your Bitcoins, just another reason to get your Bitcoins off the exchange and into cold storage. Yep. All right, Gordon, if people want to know more about how to do that, how to get your Bitcoins off an exchange into cold storage and why is it important, where can they go? I wasn't expecting that question at all. <laughs> so you would go to bitcoinbasics.help and uh, yeah, you can find a help desk, you can find a DIY section, our recommendations, all that kind of stuff. If you need help or you want to do it yourself, and there's also our podcast platforms and social media 
there. So everything's available at bitcoinbasics.help, including the ability to record your own question and we will answer it on an upcoming podcast. And also just a reminder, we do run a help desk at bitcoinbasics.help. So if there's any Bitcoin help that you need, buying Bitcoin, selling it, converting it into cash or moving it into a cold storage device, we do run a help desk where we help you individually over Zoom. So that is something that is available to all our clients and all our listeners. Thanks, Faris. Until next time. Hey, do you have one more in you? Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.